Hey guys, in this episode, we got Steve Mann on the mic. If you're not familiar who Steve Mann is, he's one of the OGs in the morning. Comes about five to six times a week. Uh, recently retired, one of my older athletes, but but an exceptional athlete. Uh, today we, we, we dive into kind of the insight on, on being an older athlete, some things he prioritizes, and um, what keeps him coming back year after year for 12 years. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And with that said, let's let's get this thing started. Just what up, Steve? How are you? Good. I'm doing good. Thanks, Rice, for asking. Thanks Thank for the coffee. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for thanks for coming in on your off day. Many off days. You're retired now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So so here's what we wanted to bring you in today. I, I was really curious, and I wanted to share it with there. Uh, with our with our community of kind of about the ins and outs of of being an older athlete, right? Maybe some 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 struggles you went through early on, and and how you possibly kind of just overcame it. So well, here's here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start kind of where you first started, all the way back to like when I was a kid. Uh, well, just just the brief history is that you know I grew up in Reno, and uh, you know I, I was a skier. You know, I was always doing something. I wrestled in high school. I played football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we lifted weights, obviously. Uh, oh, back then? Back then, yeah. No. But, it, you know, it was a little different because uh, when I was a kid, you know, it was all about things like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Frank Zane. And, okay. you know, it was all about bodybuilding. So, you know, and then eventually Arthur Jones came into the picture and you started seeing circuit training and Nautilus. And, you know, yeah. so, and yeah. so, you know, machines, so to speak, you know, they started coming out. And, and uh, so we kind of got away from, I think, from, you know, powerlifting and Olympic lifting. It just kind of took a back seat and everybody started building muscle. That's how everybody wanted to get big, you know. And then, uh, and then you know, so my journey was the same. I did all of that, you know. And then uh, later in life, I, you know, it was actually my wife. It was funny because my wife actually got a trainer, Kevin. 24 hour and yeah, she goes oh you gotta meet this guy and i was like whatever you know i do thing. i go to the gym i don't this is this is going back about 12 13 years and uh then all of a sudden i met kevin and my wife's funny she says uh my husband left me left my trainer for another man my husband you know my my trainer left me for another man who's my husband so because <laughs> kevin ditched my wife and started training me so and then you know and then kevin uh went on his journey into another place. And I always watched Royce from afar. I watched him train, uh, what was her name, uh, Rachel or something? The, the, the girl that was the IBFF. Oh, one of the pros? Yeah. Oh, Veronica. Veronica, oh my yeah. God, yeah. She was such a beast. And I used to watch this guy train her. I used to go, dude, that's the guy I want training. You know, and I really love Kevin. And Kevin, Kevin taught me a lot, you know. Uh, but then I started, and then obviously you and I started working out and. And it was kind of fun. Those were fun days because we were, here we are in 24-hour fitness doing crazy stuff. And everybody else is on there. You know, this row of ellipticals and treadmills. And they're just kind of, people are just kind of doing their thing, watching watching whatever was on TV. And, and we're out there doing, you know, battle ropes and handstand push-ups. And, you know, we were doing some crazy stuff. And we actually had people come up to us and say, what the heck is going on, guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and I knew some people in the gym. Bust my balls and say, "What the hell are you doing? And are you paying that guy for that because he's torturing me?" You know, but it was it was fun times. It was fun yeah. times. Yeah. 
So, God, those are some some really, really sweet times. Here's what I do want to ask about that. I mean, what initially brought you in into into that type of training environment? What was what was the main reason that kept you coming back to do that type of training? Well, I think that you know, uh, I, I think the way I've been wired is I've always had this, you know, this personality that kind of takes things. You know, uh, I mean, I go all in. So with yeah. with once you once you kind of get into fitness, you know, I mean, you, some people dab their toe in it and they kind of do their thing, yeah. but for me, it wasn't like that. It was you know, once I decided to go, you know, I'd always worked out, right. but I just decided to take it to the next level. And and I'll be honest with you, actually, I I did P ninety X, which is kind of crazy because a lot of people actually did the whole thing, really you hard. know, and I really and it was hard, yeah, and it was hard, and I and I did it in my garage. And then I realized, you know, and that was kind of before I started taking on the trainer. And I said, okay, I'll do yeah. the training thing. And then, and then you and I got together, and and then then we actually started calling it CrossFit. I didn't even know what CrossFit was back then. I never oh, yeah. really heard of it. And then we were doing CrossFit type style workouts, and then we realized this is CrossFit. And then I think what happens is because a lot of people really they when they're when they're working out, I don't think I, I went into it just kind of just to do it. Obviously, to get in shape, you yeah. know, but uh, then you start seeing results and you realize, wow, this stuff really works. Yeah. And and then I got other people coming up to me, going, oh my God, what are you doing, man? I mean, it's crazy how kind of shape you're getting. And that wasn't really, you know, I just did it because I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, but then you start getting better. And, you know, and then you start, and it's like you start checking boxes, you know. You know, sure, you have a few strengths in the beginning, but then all of a sudden you get better at this and that. And next thing you know, you're getting pretty good at a lot of different things. And, uh, and wow. And I mean, then it's just like, it's like, it's like, you know, the magic kind of happens, you know, it's kind of like for me now when people see me as a, as an older, as a master athlete and they see me and they go, I can't believe you can do some of the things you do. And I said, well, it didn't happen over, (laughs) you know, I mean, 12 years later. Yeah. I mean, I can actually do a handstand walk or, you know, a ring muscle up or something that I couldn't do 12 years ago. Right. You do you know, think you gravitate towards things that are more challenging? It's just based on your personality. Yeah, just from just from what I've how how long I've known you, I feel like you do that. Just yeah, naturally. I think definitely. I think that uh, you know. I think I will say that one of the things that I did in the beginning was I I kind of I think we all do. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of us have a tendency to focus on our strengths because we like to do what we're good at. And I think that's what people do when they go to the gym normally. You know, if they, right. go, they just go to a regular gym and they don't have a trainer or somebody who's programming for them, I think they're, you know, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I'm just, I just think that what they do is they gravitate towards things that they like to do and things that they're good at. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, we realized, and then maybe in the beginning I did that, but then I realized, I mean, I remember, you know, we before you turned on the podcast, we talked about butterflies, and I remember going in knowing that I was going to work out with Royce and I was nervous every time I because I just knew what was ahead of me but you know but then we talked about that's where true growth comes from is the challenge and working on the weaknesses and doing things that suck so here's the here's the other thing I want to I want to get into because my perception and then I and I have a a few buddies of mine like hey Steve is crushing it every single time how does he do it um but I've known him for so long and, and, and what people don't get to see that I think no one gets to see is, is the struggles. I think we all have struggles and we have very unique ones. I want to dive into 
your struggles as an older athlete, kind of what some obstacles you, you saw or you experienced, and then and then possibly how how did you overcome it? Well, since you do know my story, but uh, you know that you know people don't see that. You're right; they just see the they just see the athlete and they see the uh, the that you're crushing it. You know, or you know, in their minds, I'm crushing it. You know, in my mind, I'm I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but there are I've had some dark moments. You know, I've I've uh, almost quit probably what five or six times. Plenty of times. Yeah, but Royce always brought me back to ground zero, and we reset. Yeah, you know, and I think that's important is to know that part of the journey is there's going to be some pitfalls. Right. So I think that people need to realize that. You know, life happens. You know, you lose loved ones. You know, things happen. You know, you have your yeah. struggles, but but the gym is what's solid, and right. it's and, it, and it's the community, it's yeah. the people, the coaches. Yeah. You know, you come in, and it and for a minute, you just the outside world disappears, and I think it's important. I think people, no matter how they feel, whether you're older or younger, whatever your age, right? You 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 come in here, and you're going to leave a better person. You know, I don't care how bad you feel, and we all do that. Sometimes we get up and we got a cold or just don't feel good, we're achy. You know, we have to know the difference, you know, obviously, and especially as an older athlete, you have to know the difference between soreness and just uh, and, and pain and real pain and a real injury. And, you know, and I think that's one of, that just comes with time. I think I've, I've learned that lesson the hard way. You know, I've had to learn how when I really do need to rest. Because in the beginning, and I'm bouncing around a little bit, but in the beginning, I think we have a tendency to overtrain, I think, to a lot of athletes. I don't think it's, you know, the recovery piece is as you get older, I think you, you're a little smarter about taking care of your body and listening to your body. And I think when you're younger, you just feel like you have to get in the gym. Okay. Yeah. You know, you have to get in the gym. And, and I think what happens is uh, sometimes we have to tell people, hey, it's okay to take a day off. Yeah. You know, but on the other side of that, you know, you need to get in here when you're when you're just like you've got the sniffles or you or you yeah. think that you're you're sore and you don't you know, no, get out of bed. And then you know, for out. me for me what, what really what was really my thing was, you know, I usually get out of bed before my mind has a tendency to tell me that I should go back to bed. <laughs> you know, it's kinda like you just do it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. But uh, but as an older athlete, I think that one of the one of the lessons I've learned is I've learned to listen to my body, and that's what I try to tell athletes: take responsibility for your body, because just because uh, you know you know my you know once before I had a coach actually hurt me, I've got an impingement, and I've had it for twelve years, and it was a different gym, obviously, and it was a it was a less experienced CrossFit coach, and he made me work through something that I shouldn't have, and I should have been strong enough at that time to say no. And I think that's one of the things we have to teach our athletes is you still have responsibility for your body. And I think as an older master's athlete, you, you take more responsibility. Because I, I see that when I'm coaching is I see some of the uh, the more master's athletes will come up and say, hey, I can't do this. I'm going to do, I, you know, I, I want to do this. And you go, absolutely. You know, yeah. what's that? What's that conversation like with them? It's usually they they're usually telling me what they're going to do. And it's, and it's okay. And, you know, they, because they know, they know their limitations, you know, and sometimes we might say, well, you know, is that, you know, is that going to be challenging enough? And in most cases it is, you know, I mean, just because you're doing an up and down as, as opposed to a burpee doesn't mean you're not going to jack your heart rate up. It still works. It still works. Yeah. And I think when I walked in there and there was some workouts that maybe were easier than others. 
times. And you know, you felt not che- yeah, a little cheated, maybe. Yeah. And you were like, maybe you cheated on yourself, you know, and you felt, wow. So you have to be able to say, no, I want to be able to walk. I want to get my butt kicked, you know. Yeah. I mean, really, within reason, though. I don't want to, I want to be able to walk the next day. Right, yeah. You know? but, uh, but, yeah, and, that's, and I think that's something that we, we have to learn to live with. You know, as a master's athlete, you really learn. And I, I think any CrossFit athlete has to learn that, you know, you're going to be sore. I mean, you know, people say, wow, I'm sore. And I go, I've been doing this 13 years, 12, 13 years, and I don't think really ever get over the soreness, right? I mean, to, you know, you just have to know the difference between am I really truly hurt? Do I need a day off? Mm-hmm. I do, you know, as, a, as an older athlete, I'm much more in tune to sleep, mm-hmm. recovery, things like that. And sleep is probably my number one thing. So you prioritize it now. Absolutely. Sleep is, I of mean, when that. I was younger, I didn't sleep that much. You know, I, you were too, you know, you had family. I was raising a family. They're all grown now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working a lot more and I had, all, you know, I was juggling all these different things. I was going to the gym and, and, you know, and sometimes you forget that you need time for yourself. And uh, I'm a big nap guy. I think, uh, I don't think yeah. people nap. Up. I mean, it, it almost seemed like, some, like you were lazy yeah. or something if you nap. But dude, I would a nap to be is, able to nap. A nap is, and I'm talking yeah. 30, 30, 40 minutes, you could just crush out a nap and recharge. I can't nap. <laughs> you got a little. You're gonna have to learn. I get, how to I, nap. I get angry when I nap. <laughs> I would. I would love to be able to nap. Like for instance, this week, just getting used to. I'm only working, waking up an hour early. Already normally did. I'm a 4 a.m. guy no matter what, and just waking up at 3 a.m. to be here by five. Um, I find myself during my midday break. Okay, cool. I got. I got time. I got a half free hour. I'm gonna try to crush out a nap maybe 15 yeah. minutes and then but i'm then, wide awake and my heart is just like pounding. i gotta be doing something yeah so i think i think naps are, are really good it's just it's time for yourself to recharge i think i have versions of naps I'll, I'll work really hard for the first half of the day and then i'll eat lunch and then for about an hour it's just me and it can be in the form of just like reading um i don't read i was watching i watched netflix for that hour um, and I feel like I'm, I'm disconnected from the world for a little bit, and then I turn it off, and then back to work again. Yeah, I think that's have... my version of like, like I get it. Yeah, I bring Something your heart that... rate down, relaxing. I think for me, for what one of the things, one of my secrets to a nap is, I don't nap where I sleep. Oh yeah, there you go. That's, I don't yeah, go that makes sense. Unless yeah. I was like, if I wasn't really feeling well, and I say I really felt like I was sick or something, then I might go in the bedroom and shut all the doors, and, you know, darken them really recharge but but for me man it's usually the couch you know? okay so maybe it's the couch and the dogs i get the dogs <laughs> both the dogs know the drill man i mean it's like yeah. as soon as i grab a blanket man they're like they're, they're usually on the couch before i am so i have to kind of get there fast before my dogs push me off the couch and then as soon as i hit the couch they're like everybody's snuggling in and boom it's nap time you know, not only is he a master athlete, he's a master napper. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But I think it, going back, it's bringing it full circle. I think that a lot of people are sleep deprived these days, and I don't think that they realize how important that is. You know, because we're 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 just a go 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 society. I mean, right. we are always on the go. We're always on our phones. We, you know, one of the things that I noticed as you know as being retired now, but when back in the day, I mean, you know, before you had cell phones, I mean, you actually could take a vacation. And, and get away from your work. Now people can't do that. Your phone is is always on you. You yeah, yeah. you really never shut your mind down. 
And and I yes. think that you said that when you said you whatever you do, if it's watching Netflix or reading oh, yeah. or whatever, you have to find that alone time. And I don't think enough people do that. If you were to talk to yourself, let's just say twelve years ago, we've we've been crossfitting for about twelve years. Plus or minus the twelve years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is, yeah. If you, so now like current Steve, what he knows now, what would you tell Steve then? You had a couple of uh, tips for him for just CrossFit, for, for for just health, for just anything. Well, I think for CrossFit, I think you know, I think we had a tendency in the beginning to be, you know, a little more competitive. And I don't want to want to downplay the competitive aspect of CrossFit because I think it's an integral part. I think that it brings us together, you know, and we and we do compete. We still have the white belt. And we still look at people's times. And I think that's important. But I think it's also important to kind of look at the other side and not focus so much on the competitive side. And I think you and I have had this conversation where I wish I I need to be, and, and, and you helped me through this, but we trained more than we competed. You know, I mean, not every wad is a competition. We work on those weaknesses. You know, I think we have a tendency to shy away from weaknesses. I don't care. Okay, so you would, you would tell yourself, like, Steve... Work on those weaknesses. Work on those weaknesses. I'm still struggling with stuff and, uh, 12 years later. So, so, so you would say, <laughs> work on those weaknesses, and also, hey, Steve, you don't have to be so competitive yeah. um, coming into this. One time, you know, you said, hey, people look at me like I'm crushing these workouts, but they don't realize I'm probably about 70%. Oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and you know, that, that almost brings the people down to reality, saying, oh, my right. God, he's only using 70% of his effort. And I think right. that's one of the things I've done is, I'm not 100% all the time now. I'm, I'm much more methodical about pacing. So out of the six workouts that you do per week, how many times are you competing, you think, nowadays? You know, probably not much at all. <laughs> you know, I'm I mean, I'm such, way, a, yeah. I'm such a sandbagger. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I will say that once in a while, you know, I love it, I love it when everybody goes out hot on a, yeah. on a workout that's like a 20-minute and I know I can catch yeah. them. And I might say, okay, we'll see. We'll let them go. And all the kids go out there. They, they're they gone. Yeah. So, you know, and you just kind of, and you know, you're like the, the rabbit and the hare. You know what I mean? The tortoise and the hare. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, here I come. But here's also, <laughs> you know? another, here's also another thing I want to shed. So now that you're you're working at 80% capacity, 90% capacity, never at 100%, um, do you feel like you're getting stronger? Well, you know, I'm, I'm still PR, and I don't PR like I used exactly. to. And my, you know, I mean, it's... You know, my handstand walks were better last year. I can do more muscle-ups. You know, so, yeah, at 63 years old, I'm still improving, and that's, yeah. you know, and, and it's, but I don't worry about PRs as much as I used to. I mean, if we're doing exactly. a one rep max, I'm not going to say, oh, God, how many chances are. So, Steve, your recommendations are prioritizing your sleep, don't be so competitive, and just constantly be working at that 80% capacity. Well, Steve, thanks for, thanks for, uh, Spending time with us, grabbing some yeah, coffee. Anytime, anytime. As long as you got some coffee, I'll show you. For sure. All right. We got that. We got that fifty cup pot out there. So we got it. <laughs>